hey, welcome to Carolina Family Church. And I was uh, just going over my intro. And, you know, I, I tell you my name's Jeremy Sides because I want the name to come on the screen so I look all fancy. Um, but you guys know who, who I am. I thought you did. Uh, at Easter, I saw some people grabbing some shirts off the table. And I thought, man, this is great. New people are coming in here. And they're grabbing shirts, and they're going to go wear them and represent Carolina Family Church. And I got to the elder meeting, and I was all talking about it and excited about it. And they were like, who, who are these new people? And I told them, like, they've been here for like two months. I said, oh, I need to get out in the lobby, do some fellowshipping. <laughs> so really, if you don't know me, my name is Jeremy Sides. I am the worship director here, uh, and I get the privilege of bringing you the 10th installment into the Solid Ground series. Uh, this has been a great series. I uh, learned a lot. The groups have been fantastic. Um, I, the groups really flush out a lot more personally than you get in here. So if you're not in that, get in a group so that we can start working this stuff out together. Uh, we have a long way to go and a short time to get there. So I'm going to jump right in it, okay? The first thing I want you to do, everybody look at your toes. Just look at them. Just look at them. There you go. Some, they're not going to look like that when you leave. I'm just telling you. <laughs> this is something we all deal with. I apologize. Don't shoot the messenger. In this case, Jesus is the one talking about it. I'm just relaying the message. So we're all going to get through this together. And this is something that it never fails. Every time I preach, I think, man, this is going to be an easy week because you're going to give me something that I really don't struggle with every time. I preach on something that I struggle with the most. This week is no different. We all deal with it. And we are going to jump right in it in Matthew 6. And if some of you are old school, you brought your Bibles, I'm going to give you a chance to get there. Matthew 6, starting in verse 25. If you want to get on the Uversion app, if you don't already have it, go ahead and pull that up. If you need to get it, go to the Bible app and get it. Uh, it's a good thing to take notes with. I should know because I'm the one that does all that stuff. So do me a favor and don't let my work go in vain. Get it. All right. Let's pick it up. Verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. There you go. You know what we're talking about. What you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. 
Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Amen? Yeah? That's right. And I know some of you in that scripture just tune me out. Because when you are a worrier, the last thing you want is someone to tell you, do not worry. <laughs> Jesus said it a bunch of times. Do not worry. And when I was thinking about this, thinking about how I could get you guys back into this, get you hooked back into the subject, because I know we all struggle with it. I had this thought in my head where I had a moment where I said something like Jesus said to my wife. And it's, you ever have one of those moments where you're like, slow-mo, like the words are coming out, and you, you want to grab them and just, you just want to get them back? Just, it's like, they, you, can't, you can't stop it, but it, it's happening. And sweet Monka, that's what I call her, Monka. She was, I don't know what she, it doesn't matter. She was saying something, and I turned over the couch, my son was standing over there, and I said, chill out. Oh, man. I, I have said that one time. And by son went, oh. And I went, oh. I'm sorry, immediately. Don't do that. The thing that happens with that is I don't have any reason for it to chill out. I can't fix the situation. Jesus can fix the situation. And he's going to. And before I get really deep into it, I do want to say one thing. Because I know I, I joke a lot and I, I kind of de my delivery is a little bit humorous. Um, but I will say this is a very sensitive, serious subject. Worry. Anxiety. Fear. And for the most part, for most people, what we're going to talk about today can really help this. It can fix it. But there are some situations, we call it a bell curve, where most of you guys are all in here. But there are some people who are over here. If you really struggle with something and this doesn't help, if you really get into this and doesn't fix it, if it's diagnosed, if it's a problem from some kind of traumatic experience, from trauma that you've had in your past, come talk to us. Please. There is grace for all of us. No judgment. We want to help you. We're a family. We do this together. We don't move until all of us move. So if you have a problem with something that this doesn't work, if you're, look, if you're listening to this online, if it's two years from now, I don't know, come see us because this, this topic can destroy you. Come see us. And on the flip side of that, if this is a diagnosed issue and you struggle with it, do what we're talking about. It, it'll help. It may help more than you know. Because here's the thing about worry. Is that, like I said, we all do it. And you're either part-time or you're full-time. But we all spend time in it. Everybody worries. And I feel like, just in my experience, because being Christians is something we all kind of deal with in some, you know, part-time, full-time, on some level, that we kind of let it slide. 
because it's not one of the big ten. It's not something that's really easy to see in somebody's life where you can point at it and say, that's sin. I can tell you're living in sin. I know it. Let's work on that. We all do this. So we kind of let it slide. But Jesus is very clear. He says, do not do it. Which means when you do it, it is a sin. And because we all live in it, we just let it slide. And I'm going to be very, uh, the only way I can get through this message is to be very open with you. And I've, that's never been something I've been afraid of, and you all know exactly who I am. And I'm going to give you some more of that today. Because I need to tell you, I struggle with this. And I have really had to work on it this week. Because if I'm going to tell you how to get over it, i got to get over it myself. And I'm going to tell you really what I dwell in, what I worry about. Because you can ask my wife, I'm, I'm not a big, you don't see it. I care about stuff, but I'm just, I'm pretty easygoing. And it can look like I'm just not worried about anything. Maybe I don't care, which is not true. I care a lot. It just doesn't, stuff doesn't bother me. Because it's going to happen, it's going to happen. There's nothing I can do about it. Except for one thing that I kind of hold in that world of worry. I care deeply about what you think about me. I do. I know. (laughs) And in love, there's grace. I want to be above the grace. I care about what you think. I care about everybody that meets me. I care what they think about me. And I care about the things that I do, how you react to those things. I want you to like the things that I do. So much so, and I I hope I'm not alone on this. I don't think I am. That... If there's a text that I send or a phone call that I make, until I get the response, I will play out every possible response (laughs) in my brain. Every one of them. I will spend hours, I'll be talking, talking to myself in the car, just going through every possible scenario that could come back. Because I want to be prepared for whatever you say So I can be ready to jump on it. And you know what? They are never positive. Never. I never think, oh, they're going to say, good job. Congratulations. You're amazing. That was awesome. I think all the negative stuff. And it, it creates anxiety and stress in my life. And you start to put you in a, it puts you in a spin. And then in the 2 o'clock in the morning when my dog wakes up, decides they want to go chase that squirrel that was out there 15 hours ago. And I get up and I step on the bone. And then I stump my foot on the door. And then I have to empty my bladder for the 20th time because I'm old. (laughs) All of a sudden, I'm awake. And guess what I'm thinking about? All that stuff. All the stuff. And it makes me tired. It makes me stressed. Lord, protect whoever, whatever's going on without there. Protect that person. I used, Not the kids. No. Protect. Good. Protect them too. I didn't say no to that. 
whatever's happening, protect them, uh, heal them. And back to what we were talking about. Sorry, that's you getting in my brain now. I get off to get sidetracked, squirrels, right? So it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and now I'm up. How many of you guys do that? Yeah? Worrying about whatever is happening. And it makes you tired and anxious and distracted and divided. And it makes you hard to be around. It makes me hard to be around. And that's not the plan. And why do we do that? Because we love control. We love to be in control. And when something comes along that is out of our control, our brain takes over and goes over every possible scenario of what's going to happen because you are out of control. And it puts you in this spin. And it's a habit. And we've done it so much that now it's just the first place we go. We don't even have to think about it. And by the way, worrying is a choice. We choose to be there. We are making a conscious decision to worry about something that is out of our control. And it, in this this week has really messed me up because it is a lack of trust in God. Worrying is a lack of trust that God can handle it. And we do all this stuff. We, we post all the fancy Christian things on Instagram. And we come to church on Sundays and we speak all the Christianese and we say, God is in control. And we tell our kids, he can handle anything. But then we get the littlest thing and we worry about it and we take it out of his hands. Because you know what we like to do? We are good at laying it at the feet of Jesus, but we just want to put our hand in there and just hold on to it. Like, here it is. You've got to take it. But I'm just going to hold on. Just, just in case I can fix it. That's what I do. And it creates a lack of trust in God. And that drives me crazy because I know him. I know that song we just sang, Raise a Hallelujah. I know the words. I believe in them. I know God. And I found hope. And at some point, I stopped living free. Because living free is a life without worry. You cannot live free and stay attached to those things because you don't believe God has the power to control it, to handle it. You think you can do it yourself. You can't. You're already out of control. He's the only one that can help you, and you just keep holding on to it. Why do we do that? It's not just a mental battle either. It's not just a spiritual battle. It's physical. There's an entire uh, website from the Mayo Clinic about worrying and what it can do to your body, to your heart, to your nervous system, 
It tears you down from the inside out. It's debilitating. And you know what that looks like? That looks like sin. That's what sin does. It eats at you from the inside out. It distracts you. It divides you. It makes you tired. I'm tired of being tired. Aren't you? I just want Jesus to handle it. And I know that he can. Why am I not letting him? Why am I worrying about things that, you know what? 99% of the time never happen. It is such a waste of time. 99% of the time, there's nothing going on. It's just somebody hasn't responded to me yet. What if they do? It's never negative. I'm just wasting my life worrying when I could be doing something else. It doesn't make me a hard person to be around. So that's worry. And I want to take a second before we fix it to talk about what we worry about. Because I think we kind of let this passage slide a little bit. Because when we read it, it doesn't really look like us. Because Jesus' first thing is, why do you worry about your clothes or what you're going to eat? How many of you guys worry about that? Not having it. Let me, let, me, let me redirect this. We worry about food, but we worry about where we're going to go eat. Where do you want to go eat? I don't know. Where do you want to go eat? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. You want to make something? I don't know. What you want to make? I don't know. <laughs> make a decision. Okay. Why don't we go to Applebee's? Like on a date night and get fancy. I don't want to go there. Ah! Back in the cycle. That's what we worry about, where we're going to eat. And with clothes, I guarantee you, none of you had to worry about having clothes to wear here this morning. What you had to worry about was how long it took you to stand in front of your closet and find one of the umpteenth million things you have to wear that look good on you. That's what you worry about. Those things. Listen, this was not the people that Jesus was talking to. And remember, Jesus is talking to his church, his people, just like this. When he talked to them about their clothes and their food, this was a serious issue for them. They were following him. They did not know where their next meal was coming from, and they probably only had the clothes on their back. So when he says... Don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about your next meal. He is saying, don't worry about the most important thing in your life right now. Don't worry about that. And I think we, that loses itself in translation a little bit for us. So here's what I'm going to do. AJ. AJ's coming out, my, my helper. There he is. Thank you. Everybody give a hand to AJ. Bring it over here. You're good. 
They're like right there. There you go. Thank you. My homemade easel I made this morning when I walked in. Thank you. That's nice. AJ, good job, buddy. Just hang tight. I'm going to have you uh, take it off here in a little while. You're good. <laughs> so, I need a little crowd participation in this one. Tell me, and if I write it down and you can't read it, don't worry about it. Because <laughs> you cannot read my writing. What do we worry about? Let's go. Whoa, hey, one at a time. Can't do this all. Okay. Okay, job. Cool. Finances. Oh, man, I have to spell. Oh. Yeah, there. Kids. What did it say? That oh, yeah, worry about those kids. Yep, bingo. Thank you, Michael. Parents. Who? Parents. We do. It works both ways. When you get older, you worry about the one, you know? I get it. Aging. Aging. Mm. I can't. Can you somebody get my glasses? I can't read this. No. <laughs> you worry about that. I get it. Is that you being a road rager or other people road raging against you? Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Anything else? School. School. How about relationships? There you go. That's up there. You got it. We'll do it twice because it's very important. There you go. Political stuff. Every time you turn on the Instagram. We could probably keep turning this thing over and over. All right. So this is your clothes and food. What are you worried about? Now, let me ask you this question. What of these things can God not control? Anybody? What of these things would God have an issue with? Handling. I used to sing a little song when I was a kid. They talked to us. He's got the whole world in his hands. All of it. Yet these things take up all of the extra brain space that we have. Some of us have more extra brain space than others. But it still takes up all that space. So we are worrying and thinking about things that we have no control over when the one that we know can handle all of it. And yet we keep worrying about it. And I, I love, because if you really think about the way Jesus is talking to them, the way he's speaking to them, He's just in this field beside the Sea of Galilee and he's preaching to him and he says, don't worry. Don't worry about this stuff. Why are you worried about this? Why? He says, look at the birds. Luke says, he said, look at the ravens. 
They can't farm. They can't store up food. But I still take care of them. I still take care of them. And then, a verse some of us need to hear, he says, are you not more important than the birds? Listen, I love animals. I do. We have a bunch of them. But some of you would swerve out of the way to miss a squirrel and hit the entire carpool line at Irwin. <laughs> because we hold animals at higher value than people. And listen, when the ASPCA commercial comes on, I cry. I'm a major weeper. Give them all the money. All of it. Hide the checkbook. Because I love animals. But they are not more important than us. But God is making the point here. If I'll take care of them, how much more will I take care of you? And by the way, it's not an excuse not to work. I don't think you have to worry about it in there, but it's not. We had a mama bird build a nest in our screen porch because we had to left the door open so our dogs can go in and out to make it easier when it was winter because the bugs weren't coming in and all of a sudden the flies come in. We try to shut the door and this mama bird having a fit because she built a nest in there. And I watched that bird. Man, she works nonstop. That's all she does is get food for those babies. That's all she does all day long. That bird works hard, but it can't store up food. And Jesus says, how much more will I take care of you? How much more will he take care of you? How much more will he work this out? How much more? And then the next one that I think about a lot. Because... This Christian culture that we're in, where he says, why do you worry about what you shall eat or what you shall drink? Why do you worry about your job, your finances, your money, your kids, your health, your politics, your relationship, school, all this stuff? Road rage. Why do you worry about this stuff? He says, that is what the Gentiles do. What he's talking about is that is the people who, that's what the people who don't know me. That is what they do. And in this new Christian culture that we're in, with a lack of community, we don't look any different than they do. The Christian culture as a whole has stopped being different than the rest of the culture. So it's really hard for us to tell somebody that they should have what we know they need when we look nothing different than they do. We're still worried about the same stuff they are. We're having the same issues they are. All the hope that we talk about, all the freedom. We are being ineffective because we're wasting our time worried about this stuff. And we never get to the do good part. 
And there is a lack of doing good in this Christian culture. There's a lack of doing anything. That is why I love you guys and I love this church because our number one goal is to build this community and build the families in it. That's why the Carolina Family Center is such a big deal. Because it will help in places that no one else will and no one else can. And that looks like Jesus to me. All right. I've talked about why we worry, what is worry, what do we worry about, and now I've got you guys worried about worrying. <laughs> and that's, that's okay. I've really done it to myself now. All right. Where do we go from here? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about how we fix this. Because it's, I don't want to say it's not, it's not hard to fix it, but it's something you have to choose to do every day. And that's the hard part. When you're in a habit, a lot of times you have to replace it with a habit. That's just because it's come an addiction. And if you ever worked with people who are addicted, which I have, you have to replace that addiction with another addiction. Because that's just the way their brain is now gone. That they have to be addicted to something. Or a habit, they have to fill that space with another habit. So in order to stop worrying, we have to fill that space with something else. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to talk about. Three things. Number one, you have to change your thought process. And this is one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. I love this verse. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Some translations where it says, do not worry, it says, take no thought. Remember when I said, you choose to worry. You are choosing those thoughts. And the first thing you have to do is choose to not take those thoughts. And you have if you know God, that's what this verse talks about. It's not talk, when it talks about warfare, it's not talking about something like's happened in Ukraine. It's talking about internal, in us. It's heart warfare. It's mind warfare. And when he says, you have the weapons, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. You have the most powerful weapon on the planet. You just have to use it. You have to take captive those thoughts. When they start happening, you have to stop and you have to, you have to say, Holy Spirit, I bind that stuff. I give it to you. Take it from me. And sometimes you might have to start praying. You might have to start listening to Christian music. You've got to get yourself out of that thought process. 
take captive those thoughts with the Holy Spirit. That's the difference between us and them, if you want to say it like that. That's the difference between people who know God and the people who just don't know Him yet because they haven't met us. We have the Holy Spirit. He can help you with all this stuff. And the second one. So change your thought process. The second one, if you're taking notes, I had to stretch this one a little bit to make it sound like the rest of my points. Change your trust process. Change how much you trust. That is the biggest deal. And that is the one that aggravates me the most about this whole thing, is that I struggle because I don't trust him enough. And when I said, talked about the song that I learned when I was a kid, because we love to teach our kids these things, and then we grow up and forget about them, forget about how big he is. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, a verse I learned in Awana a long time ago. You know it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. When I was working on this message, I had this song in my head. I couldn't get it out. And if you know me, you'll know that my wife says I replace memories with music. So that's not a surprise. There's always some, I'm whistling something, I'm always aggravating somebody with whistling. And this song, God is bigger than the air I breathe. I think we've done it in church here before. God will save the day. And everybody will say, he's glorious. You have to trust the one that made you, that can handle it. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Lean on him. Lean on him. And then the last thing. Thought process, trust process. You have to change your communication process. You just have to talk to him. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. Leave that up there. The peace of Thank you, Josh. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Have you ever been around somebody who just seems like the world's falling apart and they're just like, kumbaya? It's annoying, right? You know why it's annoying? Because you want to be that person. It's annoying because you want to be them. This verse is them. They have the peace that passes all understanding. Be anxious for nothing. Guard your thoughts. And the peace that passes all understanding, that is what we're looking for. That is a life with no worry. 
the peace that passes all understanding. You know what peace is? It's the fruit of the Spirit. What are the other ones? Somebody tell me. Man, there you go. Right there. So you got patience. <laughs> nice. The peace that passes all understanding. You've got to start changing the way you think. You've got to start trusting him. And then you start communicating with him. And John talked about that a couple of weeks ago with prayer. Make your request known to him. Tell him what your problems are. Trust that he'll take care of it. And I want to tell you that this is not, these are not things that you should not be concerned about. There's a difference between concern and worry. If you're having a problem in your job, you need to talk to God about it. If you're having a problem with your finances, you need to talk to God about it. If you're having a problem with your kids, I, I don't know. If you're having a problem with your health, <laughs> talk to God about it. All of these things, he has it all. He's already got it under control. He just wants you to come talk to him about it. Just pray to him. Talk to him about it. And then the very last part of this scripture, and I'll close with this, the very last part. And some of us miss this because it has to do with the entire scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. All these things. It doesn't say, well, if you don't seek me, if you don't come after me, if you don't talk to me, then I'm still going to handle all this stuff. And maybe you'll come talk to me later. Sorry. It doesn't work like that. It's not what it says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added to you. All these things that you worry about, you shouldn't have to worry about it anyway. He's got it. If you seek him first, he's going to take care of it. And it may not be in the way that you think. That's what's awesome about God is he can see way past what you can see. And his goals are bigger than yours. His plans are bigger than yours. His plans for you with all this stuff is bigger than you. He not only has it in control, he has more than what you can think of he wants to give to you. But you have to seek him first. That's what this entire series is about. But so many times we have one foot on the rock and one foot in the sand, even as Christians. And when the weather comes, we still fold. Go all in. Stand on the rock. Give this stuff up. And let him use you where you're at. People all the time ask me, why, why does God let this happen? And I say, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't. But I know that there's plenty, plenty of times where I've been in the middle of something. And something's wrong with me. And somebody comes up to me and needs help. And the only reason they listen to me is because I'm going through what I am going through. And I still look like Jesus in that moment. 
All of us have problems. Trust him that he knows what's going on and that he'll take care of it. And stop worrying about it. Take captive every thought with the help of the Holy Spirit. Trust him in every direction, in every way. And talk to him. Those are the three things. Just talk to him. He's right here. In this translation, in the very first, the first two-thirds of it, he talks about God. It uses the word theos for God. God Almighty. God theos. And then at the end, it shifts gears. It calls him Father. God the Father. Your Father has all these things. You know what you do for your kids. Anything. That's what God will do for you. Just go after him first. Let's pray. And AJ, come get this and take it off our pray. <laughs> Thank you. Lord Jesus, hey God. Thank you so much for this week. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for really challenging me in a struggle, in a moment where I deal with this more than anybody else does. Thank you for challenging me. And thank you for giving me something to work on every day. I ask that you would, you would work on people. That you would let them know that you got it. so that we can learn to trust you more. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this church family. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. We love you and everything give thanks. Amen.